is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Welcome. Thanks for signing up. Public Beta Podcast. It is October 31st, 2021. It is Halloween. I believe the 88th 8th episode of the show, Reed. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Hello. Sorry, I, uh, my bad there. Had to brew some coffee, had to let the dog out. Meanwhile, I didn't know you were, uh, waiting to make yourself a, a complete <laughs> breakfast. Uh, well, no, I'm putting it off till after this, but it was more like God I damn. was just sitting here on my ass for fucking 20 minutes. <laughs> just staring at the wall. Uh, hold on here. I'm trying to confirm what the fucking episode data. Yes, okay, it is the 88th episode. You should follow my instincts. Uh, we've been reviewing a uh, retrospective uh, Resident Evil here on the show for the past couple weeks on uh, on weekend mornings. I don't know if we want to do it live here and just say that this podcast will become a weekend thing. Of course, with me being a little more punctual and what time I will say I will be online. Uh, but uh, we're, we're thinking about it. I like the I like the vibe of the the weekend morning. Yeah, laid back nature of it. No time limit. Trying to short, we can go long. Yeah, trying to do it during an hour of lunch when we're working, especially during the winter, is not particularly easy or uh, yeah convenient. The, the Q foreignness of it, where it's just like maybe you don't want to talk into a microphone at lunchtime. Yeah, maybe you want to eat or or, or just <laughs> meditate. Uh, so Mass Effect, the uh, the complete compendium, I have begun working on dragging my feet on that, but it will be up eventually. Uh, our multi-part conversation. Yeah, that's a big. <laughs> that's a big one, and I understand why that would be difficult because there's definitely like a good like month or two period between the second and third game where we don't talk about Mass Effect. There. So the problem with it is, yes, there's a big lull in the middle. It's bookended uh, by very. Uh, just listening back on it and stuff like that, it's bookended by very enthusiastic conversation. Like when we first start talking about the universe, and then when the whole thing wraps up and we kind of like do the retrospective on the whole thing, it's it's good. It's the middle bits uh, where like Mass Effect Two didn't take off for you, and uh, there's there's not much to say about that game if you don't absolutely love it because it, in structure and stuff like that, there's just moment to moment, not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Resident Evil. I, I mean, it's all moments, Reed. It's it's nonstop. It's, it's nothing. Uh, it's, to the wall. it's nothing but action set pieces. <laughs> so we have Excella, 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 and and she's got the ladies on Front Street there, and she takes over where Irvine uh, leaves off in Resident Evil Five, and then six a big leech man on us. Uh, we went through the section that I was uh, I was anticipating, which is basically third person shooter section. Um, the so like Resident Evil Four doesn't have a lot of that. The part where you are in Resident Evil Four in the castle with all the guys with the crossbows and stuff like that, I think that's the most third person shootery it gets. Yeah, probably. Uh, which is otherwise, yeah, yeah, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I, I felt kind of weird in Resident Evil to be shooting like dudes with guns. I'm like yeah, cover shooter. I guess I, I the whole game is a third person shooter. Yes, yeah. But, um, like, I, 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 yeah. But, like, I got over it eventually. I'm like, you know what? Like, it makes sense because, like, one of the weird complaints I had with Resident Evil 4, I'm like, why do they just give all these Plagas guys fucking guns? Like, if they're capable of using axes and throwing shit, like, surely they can use weapons. Um, yeah. So I... that's Well, that's what we, uh, we, we kind of touched upon with the Land of the Dead thing is just, like, when you give the zombie the gun... Like, there's a clear distinction between T-Virus zombies and then what, what the Lost Plagas are. They still have it's a, yeah, it's a agency. Ne- yeah, yeah, it's a network hive mind. They simply just have hosts to act through. Um, yeah. Can you imagine being in control of thousands of mustaches at the same time? Yeah, thousands of Spanish people. Uh, <laughs> so, when we did get to the boss, though, 
God damn, that was like uh, we must have spent twenty minutes on that boss easily, eh? It was weird. Yeah, we uh, like because we've blown through. We we fought the spider boss guy or whatever, and that was a pretty straightforward boss fight. Yeah. Actually, one of the better ones of the game. That things considered because it's just like, what do you have in your inventory? Dump it on the boss. Uh, yes. This one is kind of that, except you have to wait for the fire. This is the one where the flamethrower uh, gets activated, and then you have to use the flamethrower. You have to shoot off the arms. It's it's a more cryptic boss for for a Resident Evil game, especially considering the one you fight right before this is just like no dump. Dump ammo into the weak points. This one is like, dump ammo into the weak points, then light them on fire, then new weak points show up. And uh, we had used all of our ammo, so when we were making those weak points show up, all we had left was our, like, knives and the flamethrower itself, which I'm not sure does a lot of direct yeah, damage. Yeah, I don't think it uh, does, so we pretty much just had to wipe uh, so I could bring back my magnum and get some more bullets on it, and along with... Uh, the grenade launcher and actually just dummied him in the second round. But yeah, that was that was something else. I was getting pretty frustrated there for a bit because it's not that they didn't make it obvious. It's just like once you run out of ammo, what do you do? Like you just keep pouring fire yeah. on him. I mean, that was our bad. Yeah, we, we, we have encountered a fail state in a Resident Evil 5 uh, scenario where we ran out of ammo, so actually killing ourselves was the better option just to, like, get to the store, get some more ammo, swap our guns out. Uh, and that kind of sucks. I mean, I won't put that entirely on the game because uh, our bad for just, just sinking yeah, bullets I, into the, the black mass of that boss. Yeah, but. I'm very curious now, and I might look up after this, if it is possible to kill that without proper ammo, like just knives and flamethrower, uh, yeah. or if that is an actual fail state. Because um, those don't you don't see those a lot in video games, um, so that'd be pretty interesting. I'm sure we could have eventually, using the flamethrower and dodging and knifing that enemy, got through it, but it wouldn't have been the most efficient way, and it would have been a waste of our time. But yeah. I wasn't frustrated because, like, from a mechanics point of view, we knew exactly what we had to do. We just didn't know why it was taking so long to do it. And in that case, we were, like, looking around being like, is, was there more? Is there more to Because the first guy you fight like that, you lock him in that chamber and you incinerate him. Yeah. Uh, so in this boss fight, you're like, well, we don't have that, but we do have this flamethrower conveniently on the wall. Uh, yeah, that game, you know, uh, I don't remember how much more of that game there is. I don't remember how many more chapters there are. We could very well be in the final... The final bit here. Yeah, uh, we've been playing uh, for, I don't know, six, seven hours, maybe even more than that so Something far. Like that? Yeah. Um, and surely after Excella, because they haven't showed any more generic goons, it'll be the quick, like, Jill thing. Uh, she's in the Plague Doctor mask, because Wesker's fucking weird. He's like, yes, put her in a Plague costume. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that aesthetic. Um, then we'll have the anime fight with Wesker, punch them boulder, toss them into a volcano, and the game will be done. I was just realizing I was playing Red Dead Redemption Online yesterday, RDO, or Cowboy, Enterprising Cowboy, as I like to call it, and uh, they did a Halloween pass, and no Plague Doctor mask uh, in that game that I could, that, that seems pretty obvious that you would have such a thing. Yeah, probably, uh, but what, what you Considering there's, in the in-game, in Armadillo, there's like a plague r ripping through it or whatever, and you would, uh, you would think... Those guys would show up. But I guess that's more like 200 years before that when uh, plague doctors spread the plague more than they prevented it. And uh, we're usually not qualified doctors. <laughs> Very interesting topic to look up on YouTube. I recommend it. Weird History, I believe, has a video on plague doctors. All right. Uh, so we, we get to the huge supercomputer, which is <laughs> guarded by a spider. Uh, and that's where Chris learns that uh, in this big Mako reactor where they're creating soldiers or whatever the hell they're doing in there. Uh, I guess that's where they're injecting people with the Ouroboros. 
uh, to make the master race. And as I was saying while we were watching the uh, the cutscene, you contextualized it way better, uh, just with those few simple things you told me about what Wesker's doing and what his plan is. Uh, because once the once the leech people start crawling around, it kind of goes out the window, and you're like, oh, okay, so literally. If you aren't in the 1% where this makes you into a super... Anime person. <laughs> anime boy like Wesker. Yeah. You become like a, an, a hideous leech being that yeah, takes forever to kill. Exactly. And even then, Wesker will become a hideous leech being, but only after like you like do enough shit to him, basically. like He's, he's strong enough to keep it under control and keep sentience and keep his human form. But underneath, yeah. he's still an ugly leech fella. Do you think... It's a really cheap cash in on like a symbiote venom kind of, because it's very similar. No, I no, I wouldn't say they're similar at all. To be honest, I mean not just in visuals with the the black slime climbing everywhere, but like the the tendril uh, kind of stuffness of it. Uh, the idea that there's like a host body and it loses its it it can lose itself to the symbiote. No, because it's it, because it's different because there's a main plogus like unit out there that controls all the others. It's not like okay. it's not like where each individual plogus is controlling each individual host. It's yeah, like that's how all Resident Evil Four works, right? Is Lord Sadler controls all of the villagers through his plogus. <laughs> Those, like, YouTube memes where they just uh, superimpose a character from a video game, or from a movie in front of a video game, for, for the meme of it. Yeah. Just have the Eddie Brock with the, uh, you shoot the guy's head off, and then the big <laughs> the big spinning, like, bug comes out of yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, parasite <laughs> <or> Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing uh, will ever top Austin Powers in Mass Effect, unfortunately. That was very good. That was, yeah. like, the magnum opus. Uh, yeah. Someone took took a lot of time. Yeah. Very good. It was perfect. Uh, the renegade option when he just punches the reporter in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have been playing other Resident Evil games. Yeah, well, I, I don't have a whole much else else. I don't have a whole much else to report. I don't have a whole much else. <laughs> uh, to report from last week in regards to uh, Resident Evil. I have uh, nearly completed my second playthrough of Resident Evil 3. Uh, I'm going to beat it in... I would say just shy of three and a half hours this time, which is really cutting down my time quite a bit, which is nice. Um, I've also re-picked up Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I had it on the PS4 originally, uh, but it was cheap on Steam, and I want to play it on computer again. Cause oh, fuck I thought it. you initially played it on PC. No, so it, you can install all the mods and stuff. Yeah, I had it on PS4 originally because I bought it at release, and then I didn't play it because I was too scared at the time. Um... So I have it on PC, and I've been playing that a little tiny bit, um, but I'm thinking of playing that actually today for like a Halloween sort of stream I'm going to do. I'm also going sure. to play uh, some competitive Pokemon and only use uh, a ghost monotype team to try to climb ranked, which is going to be kind of neat, I think. Um, and also might play uh, some more Resident Evil 4 or start Resident Evil 6 even. Fuck it. Wow. Yeah, which would be, and then really get the set pieces going, Lee. Lots of, lots, yeah. lots of quick time events. Lots of bold uh, white male protagonists. We should say those 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 quick time events have been have been tripping you up. You know, no, like I come swear to God, like I I pressed them in time before. <laughs> it's like they keep the prompts up even if you missed the. If you uh, if you hit it in time, then there, there'd be no issue, Reed. But I mean the the. the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm getting fucked up by those, and it'd be no surprise, too, that, like, especially on PC, because I'll get, like, content during cutscenes, and I won't, like, have my hands on the keyboard, 
And right. all of a sudden, like, a prompt will top up. But if you don't know, Lee, there's a lot more buttons on a keyboard than there are on a controller. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, like... Not, you can't muscle memory, uh, uh, I guess, if it's space bar. No, it, right, and it but... changes, too. Like, uh, the dodge, it'll sometimes change between X and C to both mouse clicks. Uh, sometimes you have to press, uh, like, space, like you said. Sometimes you have to mash X. Like, a bunch of different shit. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's weird. Um, but yeah, I need to I need to get through Resident Evil Four still. I was getting completely fucked up on a section yesterday with fire catapults. Because uh, yeah. like I would always assume that I cleared enough out to get past to the next section, and then just one would come in and one shot me and Ashley, and they were just dead. You uh, got that second? Uh, I remember using that that silver colored shotgun there, like the semi-auto shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the right shotgun. Yes, that's what it's, it's called. It's great for taking out shield guys. Also, Resident Evil, a game series where a big tower wooden shield is still actually more effective than most anything an enemy can come at you with. Yeah. You think <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what are you going to do? I got this big piece of fucking wood. This big piece of wood. Uh, so that's, I think, going to do it for Resident Evil today, then. If you have nothing else to say, we're going we're gonna to wrap up Resident Evil 5. We'll check back in with Reed. Uh, the retrospective. Yeah, yeah, I would sorry. say I would say the only other thing I have to say about Resident Evil is um, it's kind of like a weird side note, but I've never seen so much um, like actor, uh, it's not cooperation, but like interaction with the game and the community. Um, Leon's actor, Jill's actor, uh, Carlos's actor, pretty much all of the village's actress, actresses, like Lady Dimitrescu and all their daughters and stuff. Like, yeah. they have, like, several, several streams of them playing, of them doing Q&As, and this is, like, not official stuff, like, it's just off their own personal YouTubes. Um, hey, you gotta get over somehow, Reed. Yeah, they have, like, back over, they have, like, backstage footage, they have, like, a whole bunch of cool stuff, so if you're really into, like, the more recent Resident Evil's Village, the 2 and 3 remake, uh, like, they have their own actors playing the games, they talk about basically doing entire commentary through it, it's really interesting stuff, highly recommend you check it out, I've been going through a lot of it, it's really fucking interesting, yeah. I've, I've definitely, uh, okay, that'll conclude Resident Evil then for today, check us again. When Resident Evil 5 is done, and we'll we'll put a big bow on it. I was going to say, uh, I've told the story before, but uh, E3, when the first Last of Us was coming out, the year before uh, it came out, or was that the year? Because Last of Us launched in like a June or something 2013, like that, right? so, I think. Yeah, something like that. So uh, the, the actors, Troy Baker and Ashley... Ashley Johnson. Okay. I'm going to give myself a point for, for pulling Ashley out of my ass. But in the Sony booth, which was like a big horseshoe... Uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson were sitting at a table with a giant stack of of like covers of the game to uh, to sign, and no one could give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were like they were just at this table by themselves. Even I passed by, and I'm just like, oh, it's, it's voice actors, okay, cool. And then like Troy Baker became the premier voice actor like yeah. the year after that. Like he was in everything, and it was just like, who is this mix of of Seth Green and and Bradley Cooper? Uh, why can't we hear more of him? Uh, very, very talented gentleman, as is uh, Ashley Johnson. Has Ashley Johnson done a lot of other... I assume she has done other Oh, man, work. you don't know Ashley. Uh, so Ashley Johnson, besides being Ellie, she was also in, like, a bunch of those, like, generic NBC, like, crime dramas. You know what I mean? Like, Blind Spot. Shit like that. Uh, but yeah, sure. more famously, she's one of the cast members of Critical Role. Uh, the most popular D&D oh, okay, yeah. show no, on I Earth. I really know who this is. Yeah. I just need to see the face. Yeah. 
which is weird for a voice actress that you'd be like, oh, now I recognize her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's no Amy Jo Johnson. Uh, I guess I guess not. But uh, also, Critical Role have a show coming out on Amazon Prime pretty kind of soon, which is fucking weird for uh, an internet D and D stream. Yeah, no, they uh, they're making like millions of bucks now. They got like like brand deals and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, they're they're popular. They're, uh... Oh yeah, oh, no, in... no, yeah, no. Oh yeah, sure. oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was in. Yeah, she she acts in some episodes of Drunk History. I think is maybe where I'm recognizing her from. Uh, she's of course Beth the waitress in Lego Marvel's Avengers. You know that's that's a long way to fall from uh, being a lead in Last of Us to being. Uh, the waitress <laughs> I, I, I'm sure a... she's crying over her millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, cool. Let's uh, let's talk other video games. What else have you been reading? Reading, playing. reading, yeah. playing. Uh, just still more... reading, as in your name with an ing, like a verb. Oh, what uh, have you been reading? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a little bit uh, competitive Pokemon still. Of course, just fucking waiting for the remakes to come out. Uh, Not that long. Yep. 20 days or whatever. Something interesting to dive back into. I'm very interested to see what the competitive scene is going to be like going back to Gen 4. Uh, Gen 4 was like, man, like Stealth Rocks. You got to have Stealth Rocks always out. Always got to have your rocks out on the table. Slam them. I'm sorry. how, How is that different than now? Uh, because there's a lot more ways to deal with rocks now, so, like... That became the entire meta of competitive Pokemon, is just, like, no, one gen- guy's got the rocks, the other guy's got to deal with the rocks. No, be- like, because, like, in Gen, what are we, Gen 8 or 9 right now, not only do you have people who are setting rocks, you have spinners to get off the rocks, but then you have anti-spinners in, like, ghost types, because rapid spin won't go down if there's a ghost type. Uh, but then you have anti anti spinners like Houndoom, so he'll fuck up Gengar, so he can't block your spinner to get off the fucking rocks. They um, uh, they should reveal in uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. They should reveal not only is Arceus like the progenitor god Pokemon, but the first Pokemon move ever, Stealth Rocks. Yeah, Stealth Rocks. Yeah, or uh, Tail Whip. I'll accept. But yeah, t- <laughs> uh, no, the reason why like uh, Stealth Rocks just hit a lot harder back in the day was just there's way more ways to deal with them now. Uh, you don't want to, and a lot of way because Power Creep has happened so much, and like the Pokemon meta has became so much more powerful as time went on. Uh, in lots of cases, you don't want to give your ter- your enemy even like the single turn to set up with like. A swords dance with a dragon dance with a geomancy with like Xerneas with a white herb um, like that'll fucking s- spell the end for your team because they'll just sweep off of that um, can't let him hot dog not even once yeah so back in gen 4 obviously the roster of Pokemon is a lot smaller the power creep has gone down a lot more there's not going to be any uh, Dynamax there's not going to be any mega evolution from all accounts uh, so it's going to be very basic playback to the, in that sense um, so I'm expecting uh yeah, lots of stealth rocks, lots of... Well, the, the moves are... Like, all the new moves are still going to be there, though, so it's going to be interesting in that regard. Like, Defog... Right. so it's using, the, it's using the move pool from Sword and Yeah, Sword. it's still going to have, like, all the new uh, moves to help get rid of hazards like that, like stealth rocks and toxic spikes and sticky web and stuff like that, like Defog, uh, Rapid Spin, and they're all going to have the buffs that they got after Gen 4, which is interesting to think about. Um, so from a competitive pr- uh, perspective, I'm very interested to see where this game's going to go. I have so many fucking Pokemon ready for this thing. Uh, the most recent one I finished was a Speed Boost Blaziken, uh, which is pretty fucking nuts. Uh, speed, bo- speed Boost Blazikins are ridiculous. Do you know, do you know Speed Boost, Lee? 
I'm I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. So after the end of every turn, you get plus one in speed with Blaziken. That's nuts because he already has a really good attack stat. So all you have to do is put Focus Sash on this boy so he can survive at least one turn. Uh, set up a Swords Dance on your first turn. Take the hit. You're gonna get a speed boost off. All of a sudden, you're plus two attack, plus one speed off your first turn. Boom. Start sweeping. Uh, and if you're confident that your opponent just starts setting up on their first turn, you can get off a second Swords Dance to get to plus four attack, and then you'll just keep building speed off of that. And you can so what just... moves are you using to sweep? Uh, close combat, typically, and... Uh, close combat isn't a 100% accuracy. Yes, it is. 120 base attack with 100% accuracy, but it'll lower your uh, defense and special defense by one stage every time you use it. But that's fine when you're going to be fast as fuck. Um, especially on Blaziken, where you're not going to put any EV investment into your defenses or HP anyway. You're going to go pure speed and attack. So you're not. You're, who cares about your defenses at that point? You get breathed on anyway. Um, so you want to do yeah close combat. You want to do Swords Dance. You want to do sometimes Earthquake or Protect if you want to survive a little bit longer. And then either I want to say not Blaze Kick, uh, Flame Charge. Even though it's going to do some recoil damage, it's just a really good stab fire move that, for a lot of fucking damage. Uh, but that's just like a sample set for that one particular mon. I'm up to like 133 perfected Pokemon. I just did like the Kyurem White Fusion for 170 base special attack at level 50. Fucking nuts, Lee. Puts, you put EV wow. investment to that, level 100. Uh, put him on a doubles team. You get uh, Abysnow out with his hail, so fucking hail comes out. 100% accurate uh, blizzards off that base special attack. Absolutely devastating and uh, competitive right now. Anyway, if you don't play Pokemon, none of that made sense. But that's what, no. I, yeah. but that's what I've been playing in regards to that. Um, besides that, I haven't really been playing a whole much else, except I re-downloaded Titanfall 2 because one of my buddies did. And Titanfall 2, one of the best FPSs of all time, so I'm always happy to go back to that. Uh, it's timeless. It always goes on sale on Steam, so like every once in a while the player base shoots right up for a week, and you can really dunk on kids. And then uh, it'll go right back down to like basically nobody, and then you're just going against sweaty boys all the time. The uh, hardest of the hardcore. Yeah, but it's always a good time. Love to play Titanfall 2, so I'm never disappointed with that. What have you been playing, wow. Lee? Well, Reed... I uh, mopped up Icky Island in Ghost of Tsushima, completed the full story, completed all the trophies, but one. Uh, this one trophy requires me to beat the story mode of Legends, and I have done that. Uh, but apparently to get this uh, trophy to pop, you sometimes have to play through the ninth episode of uh, story again to get it to pop. And then I will have 100% of the single-player trophies, including Icky Island, uh, minus the New Game Plus one. But that one I'm, like, biding my time on, because there's only two trophies in that category. And it's a use the special New Game Plus shop, which is right at the beginning of the game, and you can grab that trophy right away. Yeah. And then just beat the game on New Game Plus. Any difficulty doesn't matter. Just beat the game again, basically. So just uh, which rush could be it. fun. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've been meaning to like toss on the uh, Japanese audio and then use the uh, Kurosawa mode. Oh and just, like, yeah, yeah. And then just like don't do all the side stuff. Just just like power through the the main story and get that trophy. Yeah. But I'm not gonna do that if we don't go back and get those multiplayer ones. But then I would have. It would be the first time ever in a game I would have 100% in every category of a game, I think. Uh, maybe there's a Bethesda game I've, I've done that in. But some of these trophies are, uh, it seemed like to me, 
they were experimenting with their open world quest structure in this DLC. It seemed like they were doing a bunch of, there's a lot more uh, agency with Jin and choosing what dialogue you say. Uh, like choosing between two options, and then also uh, quests that are more like, I'll call them radiant quests, that are unmarked quests, things you can just stumble upon, and they are a sudden quest that takes place, uh, or they're a special place on the map which uh, initiates a quest that you wouldn't other see as a, uh, otherwise see as a quest marker, uh, which was something kind of interesting that the main story had a little bit of, but usually there'd be a, a townsperson or something that'd be like, oh yeah, go talk to what's-his-name in this village, something's going on. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And then a bunch of other uh, exploration trophies that I thought were really cool in Icky Island. And I thought the story wrapped up, like, the, the cliché-ness of, of the eagle and just the the Mongol tribes lady who poisons you and then makes you see all these nightmares and stuff like that. Meanwhile, Jin is, is going through that stuff in his head. And when you go through all the memories of father, as they're called, uh, you see this relationship with Jin and his dad and that they didn't really ever see eye to eye until the island. And then Jin's dad dies, like, right there, right? Yeah. Uh it's kind of interesting, and it further, it kind of spins it a little bit so that Jin's more of like a Bruce Wayne figure. He's more of like a, in the shadow of his father, but then kind of forges his own path, becomes the Batman of Tsushima, uh, and, and kind of finds his own honor. That It's it's, it's interesting. It, it added a layer to the to that dynamic, and I guess that was the whole point of the DLC, right? But uh, I was... I was very pleasantly uh, surprised with how much I actually enjoyed how they stuck the landing on that, and I'm ready for whatever Ghost of Tsushima Tsushima comes out with next. And uh, what a game. Holy smokes. Yep, great fucking game. Yeah. You, uh, like, end game, like, I have have skill points now and nothing to spend them on kind of thing. Uh, You get a horse charge uh, as part of the DLC, so if you see guys, instead of, like, going into a standoff with them, you can just, like, hold down, I think it's L1 or R1, you just charge through them with a horse and destroy them. Yeah, I got Uh, that, at least. Yeah, you level that shit up, and, uh, yeah, so so Legends mode is in our future, I'm gonna get the rest of those trophies, we have to summon a bunch of shades in Rivals mode, which is no problem, uh, and then get to level 20 with all classes, that'll take some time, and then beating the raid, which we can now queue for in matchmaking. Uh, so probably sometime in the in the near future here, we should we should try to bust that out. Probably, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I can put Ghost of Tsushima behind me. I would say at this point, other than the Legends mode, and move on to probably Yakuza Four. At this point, uh, there's a lot of other games coming out uh, this week. There is a game called Unpacking, uh, which is like a super satisfying isometric uh, animated un- unpack boxes and and. Build this room, <laughs> see fit. Uh, so me and my wife are really into that, and uh, then of course, kind of tangential to that would be the Animal Crossing DLC is launching next Friday. Oh shit! And uh, that's going to have the huge expansion, the Happy Home Paradise or whatever. Uh, me and Krista, my wife, really liked the 3DS Happy Home Designer for what it was, uh, basically giving you really good controls on the 3DS, to, like to manipulate with the stylus and stuff like that. And uh, giving you unlimited furniture and stuff to deal with. So basically an animal would be like, I need you to make a schoolhouse or a schoolroom. And you have access to the entire catalog of Animal Crossing furniture. And you just get to make the best, coziest thing you can. Uh, this is more or less that. Except you're also building up like a whole island like uh, infrastructure. And you can choose... Uh, we have a ton of amiibo cards and stuff like that. So you can choose what animals come and, and live. And you can make them roomies and stuff like that. You can ship animals together. Make them live in a, a house together. Uh... It's it, it looks fucking awesome. Plus all the all the free updates, of course, too. They're adding the roost, they're adding cap, and they're adding just a ton of stuff to that game. So they were quiet for a long time, but with good reason. So are they adding Spider Man? Uh, yeah, they're gonna finally put in Spider Man, um, uh, and make it so you can see cosmetics on your. Yeah, I don't think 
I don't know what's happening with that <laughs> Avengers game. Uh, that Guardians game hit pretty good, though. People are people are talking pretty positively about it as a, uh, a narratively driven single player I, I, campaign game. I can't be fucking in, like you can tell me it's the best game ever, and like I just have absolutely zero interest in it. Maybe it's well, maybe it's because of the MCU. Maybe it's because of how bad Avengers was, but it just like it doesn't look like this game's gonna offer me anything. <laughs> so like that's what the trailer seems to be, but then if you actually watch like gameplay of the uh, moment to moment, like the it, like fuck fuck Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of how it relates back to the MCU and stuff like that, just as a visual treat, just as like the environments that you find yourself in in that game and the way they integrate the licensed soundtrack and stuff like that, I think it's gonna be worth a play. But for eighty bucks, man, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty pretty tough nowadays for a single player. I mean, that's that's the whole Metroid discussion right it's just like metroid dread is like 10 to 12 hours uh and then if you're not speed running it or going through it a bunch of more times i don't know how uh, like how likely are you to immediately replay through that game uh for 80 bucks and at that point maybe you wait i also have metroid dread to, to finish uh so I'll yeah i I, that, so. I definitely like like there's nothing wrong with short games like i've just played resident no. evil 2 and 3 remake um but especially for two they offer lots of replayability and it's a narrative-driven game. There's lots of cutscenes. There's lots of character moments. Um, it's I imagine Metroid Dread is not that because Samus is a silent protagonist. So I imagine it's uh, it's a much more straightforward ten to twelve hours of gameplay, more or less. So Samus can... is a silent protagonist in the in the good Metroid games, and I'm not saying that like uh, women should keep their mouth shut or anything like that. I'm just <laughs> saying like Samus is a more effective character when it's it's more nuanced or it's more cre- it's creepier if if Samus uh, all you know about Samus is like. As long as you tilt that stick forward, she's going to keep running and she's going to keep going. It's up to you. Like, you are the chicken, uh, is what I like in the in the Metroid games. Is like, Samus is down. Like, she's she's ready to f- fucking fuck with aliens and, like, do whatever you need her to do. But uh, you're, you're the bitch here, man. That's the that's my that's what I'm going to make my Metroid game be. Uh, I, like, the, the ending of Metroid Dread goes some places. I don't know if you've looked into that and what happens to no, Samus no, as no. a character at the end of that game. I won't spoil it here, but... Uh, it, it made me be like, maybe I do need to finish that game quickly, because that sounds fucking batshit insane. Uh, so, th- read. The Nintendo Online, you play competitive Pokemon, so yeah. obviously you have the membership. Yes, I do. Uh, they, have, they have expanded that, of course, into the, the expansion pack, those cheeky bastards, and they've in- uh, added the N64, the Genesis, and of course this Animal Crossing DLC will be included for free. So this launched last Friday... People uh, happily gave their money to Nintendo, uh, knelt down in front of Nintendo, and uh, worked the shaft, cradled the balls, and uh, <laughs> were, were rewarded with a money shot of N64 games that maybe aren't performing uh, to the best of their ability. Uh, <laughs> maybe the emulation, not perfect. Uh, this has been picked to death on the internet already, but uh, to sum up, uh, some input lag. Of course, the people who do that sort of thing, you know what I mean by that. Uh, they detected, yes, that these, these Switch versions now have, have more input lag, even more so than the Wii U Virtual Console versions. Jesus. Uh, some performance issues across the board in terms of the visuals. Uh, I know the Shadow Link fight in the Water Temple has been uh, pointed to. Like, this is a, a fight in what seems like a wallless room of fog in, like, a lake. And in the uh, Switch version, it's just like, no, the effects don't work, and they're busted. So there's, like, a texture map on the ground and no fog. Uh, <laughs> it's And it's like... 
that's not like when you're saying it out loud. It's like it's not a fucking big deal. This is a a twenty plus year old game. But why? Yeah, if pay, if it's you're a twenty plus premium, year old game. You just say it yourself. <laughs> right, but it's like you're you're paying this premium. You're expecting to have at least the same experience you had on the N sixty four in nineteen ninety seven, right? Yeah, in my uh, opinion, especially there's absolutely no reason these games aren't like if these games are running at thirty frames or lower. That's bullshit. They should be looking crisp and clean. They should be running over 30 frames at all moments, and they should fucking translate really well. Nintendo has no excuse. They're like the they're like the premier game company in the entire fucking world. They have all this money. Uh, I don't get why you don't put in the resources, the time, and the money to make online accessible, easy, and especially with these virtual consoles, make them translate well. And then people like you'll you'll get like a person like me to actually fucking give a shit. Maybe I'll get the premium. I like because I'm probably paying for this anyway. Like if I've been given pause, like I was like I'll I'll buy those N64 games. I'll play like um, Sin and Punishment and Star Fox 64 and Ocarina of Time. I'll I'll take those for a spin. And then I'm like, okay, the ca- the controller mapping is awful if you're not using the actual N64 controller. The as we heard, the the performance is is not. I dude, I own these games on N sixty four. There's an N sixty four six feet to my left right now. I could plug these fucking games in and play them as God intended uh, with an HDMI. Like up, they're probably going to look and perform tighter than they do on the Switch. <laughs> and like you said, Nintendo has the money, especially now charging so much for this online membership. Especially if you're getting the family one, it's fucking insane how much they're charging for this. And you're you're basically paying forever. It's not virtual console where you pay them the five dollars or the ten dollars, and that's your game. You own that li- license as long as you have the console. This is this is you are we are expecting you to pay you pay us forever for these games and the way they roll stuff out. So imagine imagine Netflix read. Imagine if, uh, you know, when they release things uh, a week at a time, or Disney Plus with Mandalorian, etc. The idea is, if I, I release everything all at once, you're going to watch it all, and then you're going to cancel your subscription. So the idea is to piecemeal it out, to be like, to, to leave that, uh, that carrot on the string. But when it comes to a subscription service like this, especially one that's so expensive, you are penalizing the people who are getting in on the ground floor. So, like, I, I'm going to play Ocarina of Time, but I want to play Majora's Mask. You've told me that down the line Majora's Mask is coming out. You haven't told me when that will be. It could be six months from now. It could be 12 months from now. If it is 12 months from now, chances are I'm going to have to pay you another exorbitant fee to access that game and play it. And Majora's Mask, when you break it down, when you break down what you're playing of these games they're including and what the value is, because it's hard to put a value on Nintendo online play because it's so awful. Uh, it's like for the Pokemon games and stuff like that, that like if that's all you're paying Nintendo for the online for, that kind of sucks. I don't feel like you're getting your money's worth, Reed, even at the uh, the discounted rates for just right, a month to but, month or not doing the family membership. Like, yeah, if it if it wasn't like only three bucks a month or whatever it is, um, I'd probably be a lot more upset about it. Uh but, like, it's fine. I'll deal with it. Like, I like playing competitive Pokemon a lot, so I'll fucking deal with it. Just the way it is. <laughs> well, we yeah, we've accepted for so long that an online service should cost money, and Nintendo has just started charging for an online service this gen, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the whole question was, Nintendo's, Nintendo's online, like, on the Wii and the Wii U were awful, but they're free. Now, it's still awful. But it's not <laughs> but, free. But you're paying something. And it's it's not just the entry fee of paying eighty dollars yeah, uh, for a new a Pokemon game. Yeah, but. there should be the bare minimum there, man. There should be an easy way to add friends. There should be an easy way to message friends. There should be an easy way to hop into voice chat with friends. 
there should be an easy way to access like your various online functions. There's just nothing intuitive about how the switch handles it. It's so frustrating. Um, yes. If I didn't just play competitive, like if I if if like the Switch was like one of the two consoles I only used, um, and I had to play with friends using this thing, I would go fucking batshit insane. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. You would have to hope that the game has like some form of in game communication, or you have to hope that your friends have Discord and are fine going on the phone with you or something like that. Like ridiculous. I wonder if it's just like a, a a liability thing with Nintendo. So remember they did like the they did the picto chat and stuff on the original DS. But why and like all why is it not yeah. a liability with uh, Microsoft and Sony then? Well, it is. That's just it. Is that all you hear all the time? Is like oh, get into a, a Call of Duty match with some randos and you're going to hear some fucking racial epithets being thrown around. Right, but that uh, like that's just that's just how it is. Like because like Di- Diamond and Pearl on DS had voice chat, had microphone chat through the DS. Uh, and then I think eventually they discontinued that in those games. And then the the whole Picto Chat thing was just like they saw one dick too many. But then they come out with the Miiverse on the Wii U, and all anybody is doing on the Miiverse is posting dicks. And at a certain point, it's like, you know, I don't know what to say, to Nintendo, other than you got you got to accept a dick once in a while uh, because it's that's the internet, right? Like you want to do business in this, you want to do business in 2021 in this space. That's the kind of stuff there is. The The point is you're a multi-billion dollar company and you hire people to deal with that stuff. You you figure out a way to, like, if the idea is, okay, well, if we open up the floodgates, it's going to be racists and it's going to be dick drawers and it's going to be all these people. And we, we, we front face ourselves as a children's toy company, right? Like, this is for, this is for the kids. Uh, so we don't want any of that. So we're just going to make it so you can't even engage with any of that without sharing a super long yeah can't even engage with friends (laughs) right so even if you like you know what what if that code was just sent to you or left on the internet on a reddit forum somewhere and someone said they were going to trade you a really rare pokemon or something like that that they pokey mobbed or whatever and uh and they send you a dick instead I, i don't know i don't know like lee what if i what if i had no idea you were hopping onto pokemon tonight or something and i saw that you did and i wanted to invite you to a battle I would have to bust up my phone and fucking text you. But that's so that was their solution though. Is they have that app and that's how their chat works too, right? Like it's ass uh, backwards. That's so. I'm not even going to begin with the like. Oh, you, you guys don't have phones. <laughs> so there's like an Animal Crossing. Uh, when you play Animal Crossing online, like my wife has played Animal Crossing with like three other people online at the same time, and you you go onto the Nintendo app. And you can use it to chat in-game. So you can, like, type something in the Nintendo app, and then it appears as a speech bubble above your character's head. And that's a cool integration of of that. And then you can also voice chat through the, the app as well. But the idea of... Oh, man. You know what we let them get away with? It was that Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles where you had to get the cable and the Game Boy. And they're like, that's what you'll just use as your controller. Oh, can't <laughs> just knock something over. Uh, Y'all good? Yeah. Something crazy going on over there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was. Sound like a ghost. It's very spooky, Reed. It's Halloween here. I'm, I'm on edge. Uh, so, yeah, that's Nintendo's online offering. Will I buy it? Well, I'm going to get that Animal Crossing thing anyways, and I buy most first-party Nintendo stuff because I'm, I'm that's, that's me. I'm the one kneeling in front of Nintendo in that uh, analogy I made earlier. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and, and they haven't really said anything. They haven't said, like, hey, we're working on it. There's stuff, like, in Mario Kart, 
uh, everything saves to the cart. Your progress in all the cups uh, and all that kind of stuff saves to the cart. But if you want to do ghost data for time trials or anything like that, you need a controller pack, which was the memory card that plugged into the controller for the N64. They didn't emulate that. Uh, so that's just that's just a feature that's cut out of that game. That's so to say, <laughs> so to say, we're gonna make you pay forever for access to these games, and this is the way we are going to, this is the way you're gonna be able to historically go back and play these old games. But we're, they're not gonna be what they were. They're gonna be worse in some aspect. To me, I think that really sucks, and I think it's Nintendo not being true to their own fucking legacy that they have all these great games and they're just not giving them the due, due justice. Like, yes, they're old games. They're like 20-year-old games. These are games I grew up on, but to hear that people are going to go back to these games now, like, from a nostalgic point of view, they're not going to care. The majority of people who play these games aren't going to notice these things, uh, but to a certain sect of people, it matters. Uh, and those are the most hardcore of the Nintendo fans, the most hardcore of the video game historians that want to see these games emulated properly so that we can worry less about Nintendo being so litigious and fucking removing ROMs from the internet and making these games otherwise disappear. If you are going to sue somebody for taking your game and backing it up for generations to come to play and enjoy, then you have to offer a better version or the best version of that game and charge for it. That's fine. It's yours. It's your game to sell any way you want to. But it is embarrassing if you are going to be so litigious, be so, like, the the, the meme that Nintendo's just going to sue them and, and this shit's going to disappear. That's fine, Nintendo, but you have to offer something. You have to spend the money then to do this because it matters a lot to people, and that's why. It, it's almost like a WWE kind of thing. It's just like, oh, why why aren't people watching? Why do people have this opinion of us? And it's, it's because of this. It's stuff like this. Uh, and that's my rant on the Nintendo Online thing. I, like... Even you, you're going back and playing all these Resident Evil games and stuff like that. Those games, Capcom has made sure that regardless of what you, what box is sitting in front of you, you'll be able to play Resident Evil 4 on it. That They're just like, no, you, you can play it more or less the same game. Even this Resident Evil 4 VR that just came out, Reed, is very faithful oh, uh, to the game it's based on. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It helps that it was like they gave it to a studio that was like obviously wanted and cared for the game and wanted to make something special. Uh, but you're right about the other thing. Like, pretty much, if you have a P- if you have a system after the Xbox, like the Xbox 360 or above, you can pretty much play four, five, six. You can play the Revelations games. Uh, you can play remake. Um, the only games they really haven't taken the time to like bring up to standards to easily play would be the original two and original three, and then of course all like the spinoffs. Um, but you could argue that they really cared about that. I think I think another commendable thing, in a some sense, is Square Enix with how they keep translating their classic PS One RPGs. Uh, or I should say Final Fantasies specifically. I was going to say though, yes. But then on the flip side of that, those pixel remasters of like one through six on Steam are fucking awful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure there's some people out there that appreciate the new art style, but like I don't know how you could be pixel art um, for that personally. But they they at least make it totally playable, I guess, and they're not total losers about constantly taking down uh, stuff like that, like Nintendo is. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, it's 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 weird that Nintendo of all people don't like care about their legacy. Because yeah. they have, like, the biggest of all the video game companies. Easily the biggest. Easily the biggest. 
Well, they um, have the most longevity in any like any given character. Like Mario is the longest living, most relevant cash cow in video games. Yeah, easily. Mario like, Pac-Man Zelda, came before yeah. him, but but yeah, Pac-Man's not cash and checks like Mario is, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You have Mario and Zelda, like two of like like Mario, arguably the most iconic video game character of all time, and uh, Link is arguably top five, top ten. Um, the the hierarchy is like Mario, Pokemon. Uh, yeah, and Mario like, Pokemon. Games you wouldn't think of, like Wii Sports, and then like no, then, then Zelda, that. and then Metroid below that, and then like Animal Crossing's in the mix there somewhere. Uh, I read that uh, Mario Kart 8 uh, for both Switch and Wii U, the lifetime sales of that game is about to eclipse Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. That's fucking nuts. Uh, Mario Kart 8, which is, let's be honest... It's, it's a fucking stellar Mario Kart. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, good game. <laughs> yeah, it's a good fucking game. Good fucking game. So we were talking about the VR, Resident Evil 4 VR. There is a... Uh, they had Mark Zuckerberg, of all people. Like, could he just get a disembodied voice to announce things for Facebook? I don't want to see Mark Zuckerberg on camera. He he's There's something Uncanny Valley about him. He seems like a robot or alien in, in human's clothing. It, it seems... Anyways... Uh, He's come before us. Our great leader, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, has described uh, that he he they will be giving the GTA San Andreas for PS2 the VR treatment, just like Resident Evil got, and uh, that's kind of exciting. That's a, that's a really big open world with that's a lot of cool stuff. Very that bold, do. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and hey, after doing Resident Evil Four, that which is some people would consider a masterpiece game. Uh, such such service in VR, uh, the kind of the sky's the limit for this. I like that they're taking PS2 era games, like they're taking big PS2 era games, and being like, yeah, we don't need to take the cutting edge. Skyrim VR sounds great on paper, but what about all these old games, uh, like adding a new gameplay element, like in Resident Evil 4, where you can dual wield and you can like pop up headshots like it's nothing because you're aiming with your own fucking hand. Uh, that's that's really exciting and cool. Uh, of course, this will be exclusive to the Oculus Quest 2, which is a standalone VR. Uh, machine, uh, so you, no matter how good your PC is, I think that's maybe the also reason why they're doing the PS2 games is like the Oculus Quest 2 maybe isn't as powerful as yeah. PC side VR Probably. is, but it also makes it like a closed console where you are optimizing these VR games for one specific piece of hardware, and then you can just make it play way better. Therefore, so, right? so yeah, I like man. If you thought people are, <laughs> if you thought people back in the day were gonna be pissed about GTA and killing innocent civilians. Now you can do it in, like, virtual reality, just mowing down civilians in cars, yeah. shooting you can them. You fail to chase that train yeah. in VR. Yeah, um, one game I'd love to see translated to VR, and it'll never fucking happen, but God damn it, it would be sick, is Final Fantasy XII. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, there'd be, like, a weird thing where, like, you just, you have to have gambits at all moments for your teammates, but, like, your personal character, like, you have your magic buttons and you swing to attack with your weapon and shit. Uh, and you break the game because you can swing really fast, probably. Um, Final Fantasy XII, I'm Captain Bosch version? Yeah, like, it'd be, <laughs> but, like, think of all, like, the fucking super cool environments, all the awesome, like, weapons you can use, all the cool magic you could set off. Like, it'd be super neat. Uh, but it'll never happen, probably. That'd be, like, a really hard game. I was going to say, this sounds very specific to you. Yeah. What, what a strange game to pull up. But it is a PS2 game, so call up Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, like, Final Fantasy XII VR. Fucking do it. It'd be so Come cool. Come on, buddy. <laughs> uh, there's, I don't know, there's lots of, like, that, those PS2 era games that would be really neat in VR. Star Wars Bounty Hunter. 
Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be people up with the cable and set them on fire. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, it, it pretty much have to be like those kind of kind of third person action games that you'd have to translate. Uh, not a lot of others would very well. Did like, you get to the end of that uh, Tim Rogers Cyberpunk review yet? No, no, no. I'm I'm going through his. I'm going through the first of the two videos that I'm watching, <laughs> and I'm like halfway through it. Can I spoil one line from the finale? Yeah, go for it. So he he relates all these... So Tim Rogers went ahead, action button reviews. Check it out on YouTube if you want. Really long-form reviews that are really overwritten and verbose. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's a market for that. So he reviews Cyberpunk, and he uh, sets out to make a Cyberpunk review, unlike any other Cyberpunk review. And I can certainly say he did that, uh, where he takes uh, huge diatribes in uh, six different ba- branching paths... Uh, that all relate in some way back to cyberpunk, and then he tries to stick the landing at the end with the bottom line. I think he more or less does it. And at one point during the bottom line, he talks about uh, that ever since he played GTA 3, etc., he wanted something like that set in the Blade Runner universe, which is what you've heard me say to death. Yeah. Uh, but then he, when he when he basically gets it, when he has he has fun with cyberpunk and it's fine, but he realizes that over the years, the appeal of what a game like this has to offer, it's because every game is this now. Every game has to relate back to you. the main gameplay is killing someone. The main gameplay is building your character so you can more efficiently kill people, and that's the main way we're going to tell you the story. Uh, meanwhile, he's gone through, uh, let's say, a very prolific a dating sim in his previous reviews, and he's realized that the the thing that open world games kind of have to move past is the violence aspect is what is the new violence? Ever since GTA 3 came out, when it's an open-world game, the idea is that there's some kind of combat, there's some kind of that, when we've seen increasingly now, uh, even that weird game I was playing, like The Good Life and stuff like that, we can do open-world, we can have these intriguing narratives and stories, uh, even something like L.A. Noir didn't have a lot of action in it, you were a cop and had to pop off on, on people sometimes, but had a really intriguing story that unfortunately culminated with you fighting a guy in the sewers with a flamethrower, which is a little bit strange. Uh, for the game that they set up there, but uh, it's it's he, he makes kind of a good point there, and I never really even thought of it, that when you look at every Ubisoft open-world game, aside from the ones where you're doing sports, and even then there's some violence if you just intentionally eat shit with a wingsuit, uh, that it all relates back to what what is the main gameplay pull, what is what is the thing that's pulling you through the game, and it's, it's going back to you just gotta maim and kill somebody, and uh, can we ever break free of that? He articulates it much better than I did here, of course, but uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Also, uh, CD Projekt Red has announced that all Cyberpunk updates have been pushed to 2022, <laughs> and the Witcher 3 PS5 Xbox Series X uh, update will also be pushed into 2022. Uh, so, yeah, it's there you go. Fucking crazy, dude. They like still no new content for that game. Um, the other crazy thing about that review that we were just mentioning there is that he more or less wrote that and recorded most of it i think in march and april of this year it's now october this thing's coming out so that was a it's a magnum opus but then you you look back on it and he he says like oh will you re-review this if they patch it if they make it good uh and then he goes on like a a little bit of a, a spin where he's just like will any amount of patching fix and then he lists a bunch of things wrong with the game it's just like there's no amount of patching that can fix what is fundamentally wrong here. He goes on to talk about that if you climb to the top of V's apartment building, you find the, like, billionaire estate suite from the end of the game. 
and uh, this guy posted this video of like how to get there, and then it has millions upon millions of views. And then CD Projekt Red had to basically put out a statement to be like, "Hey, don't do this because if you go get this ending and you've already taken the things." Uh, in this in this apartment, the game will break. You can't finish it, therefore. So this guy's like, I'm going to come back. I, I'm going to go do everything in the game and then finish the game. Well, he, he could very well have a 200, 300-hour file on his hands and then goes to finish the game and realizes it, that he bugged it in the first 20 hours and can't actually see the credits in the game. Will any amount of patching, read fix that? <laughs> That kind of right. that level yeah. of game design. Yeah, that's what uh, I that's what I've said for the longest time. Like this game could be absolutely bug free, and it's not going to fix the fact that eighty uh, percent of storylines end after two quests when they're getting interesting. It's not going to fix the fact uh, that there's a severe lack of weapon armor variety in the game. It's not going to fix the fact that the driving is fundamentally worse uh, than most modern games. Like. Yeah, I've served you a raw chicken breast, and you're like, you have to cook this or it'll make me sick. And I'm just like, I'll put more sauce on it. And then you agree to eat it, and you're like, yeah, that was awful, and I'm probably going to throw up now. Uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of the best analogy I can think of. Uh, but man, what a... Like, do you do you look back on Cyberpunk and you're like, I, I enjoyed that, my time with that, that was fine. I, I look or back like, on it like I played... Um... I look back on it, like, the way I look back, like, I played fucking, I don't know, like, Call of Duty Black Ops 1, like, yeah, that was fine, but also kind of, like, pissed me off throughout the whole thing, because the story was just getting a little bit fucking dumb. It's like, man, this could have been way better with, like, It could have been way, yeah, it could have been way worse, but, like, uh... You know what it feels like? It feels like playing an unfit, like, I mean, talking, like... Yes, it feels like playing an unfinished game, but it feels like playing a. It feels like playing Baldur's Gate three. It feels like playing something that's mostly there. In, the in early there. access. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like oh, the cops just spawn in on you if you get a wanted level. We're gonna fix that later. Only they didn't fix it later. That was a full. That was a full price release, and that still isn't fixed. Kind of thing. Dude, so, like the PS five version still isn't out. That's what I just said. They pushed that to twenty twenty two. Yeah, like, when it first came out, didn't they say that it was, like, oh, like, three months, and then the PS5 version? They said March. They yeah. said March of this year. Around the time Tim Rogers was writing that fucking review, they were like, it's coming. Uh, but then they got they got hacked in February that pushed everything back, and then on top of that, it was just like, we need to fix the game before we add stuff to the game. Because imagine, Reed, they add DLC or they add anything new to that game. What's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> they, I don't know. Uh, like, the, Cyberpunk looked at Bethesda games... And they said, "Oh, hold our beer. We can, we can out fuck that." Like, like a, like Skyrim games are like quaintly fucked up. Like when you see someone like clipping through a door, or like you know a quest marker disappears, or something like that. You're like, "Oh, Bethesda." The cyberpunk thing was just like, I get on a motorcycle and my dick is hanging out, and I'm going full speed down. What's going on? Uh, I'm standing. I'm t posing on this back of this motorcycle. Star Ocean: The Divine Force is coming in 2022. Woo. Uh, will feature a dual protagonist system letting players experience the story from the perspective of Raymond, a spaceship captain who wields a massive greatsword, and Let- Le- Leticia, okay. described by Square Enix as the princess knight of a kingdom of an underdeveloped planet. Sure. Okay. This, uh, we'll this sounds both so... both sci-fi and fantasy. This sounds so fucking boring. Here's the thing, though, is the, the appeal of the Star Ocean story is that there's a sci-fi bent on a fantasy thing, right? So when we played in Faithfulness and Integrity, we didn't get there, I don't think. We didn't play long enough to see what that it turn is. It was so fucking bad, though, I couldn't bear it anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah. So hopefully this is, you know, give them a give them a chance. There's been uh, equal parts good and bad Star Ocean games over the years. So. Alrighty. <laughs> I'll buy it. And uh, in a move no one expected, uh, Let It Die is getting a sequel in the form of a game called Deathverse, which looks to be a battle royale game. Uh, that game also is kind of related to the Mad World, like the Wii game uh, universe, kind of tangentially. Uh, where it's like the Super Smash TV in the future. Uh, we just have people kill each other for everyone's amusement kind of thing. Uh, sounds cool. I'm down. I, I love the shit out of Let It Die. Uh, you like Souls games. Let It Die was basically like a big free-to-play Suda51, uh, one of those. And uh, it was it was really cool the way it was structured. It was really cool the way you uh, leveled up new characters and got new weapons and unlocked things. The ramp of that game and the up and down... Uh, I really, really enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to Death Verse. And that's all I have for this week, Reed. Right that's on. It. Cool. There isn't any more. Yep. Yeah. Go make your eggs and bacon. Uh, at Iceberg Podcast is us on t- uh, Twiper. Yeah. Leatisiceberg.com is my email address. Send us correspondence. Uh, if it's interesting, we might include it on the show. That's going to be it for this week for myself, Lee, and for Reed. Everybody have a well, co- coffee burp trying to take me out here at the end of the show. Everyone have a happy and safe Halloween, and we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Turn tape over.